none of us get the chance to live forever. None of us are so invincible that we can keep going and going and going. And there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time when we have had and heard our last whisper, the last whisper of breath that comes from our mouth, the last whisper of breath that touches our heart. And in knowing that, in knowing that I'm able to respond to my whispers better without feeling the fear, because then the adventure becomes bigger than the fear, the adventure of going for it, the adventure of making it count, the adventure of making a difference and leaving the footprints becomes bigger than the fear, because that is the universal feeling that all of us feel, the universal feeling that stops all of us from listening to our whispers, of following our destiny, of making a difference in this world is that word fear. And the first time that we can start to really, just to really accept the fact that we don't have to run and hide under the bed when fear touches our lives, that we can face it and we can move past it. That's when lives change. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me, as always, my co-hostess, my co-host with the mostest. Did I say that right? <laughs> I think so. I think so, too. My wife, her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this hope train of moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! We are hawkers of hope. We are originators of optimism. We are purveyors of positivity. We are engineers of encouragement. All of that spells what, Jennifer? Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fun? It's really fun. I like saying it. <laughs> hope. No, the the other stuff I said. Oh. Hawkers and originators and purveyors. I just, I like- I just say hope. Jennifer. Well, it's easier for me to say hope than all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So how you doing today? I am doing great besides the smoke in the air. It's all good. Yes, yes, yes. In case you hadn't heard, California is going through a bit of a thing right now. Yeah, there's like 367 million fires in California. I don't think there's that many. Well, minus the million. Yeah. So 367 fires, you mean? Yep. That's a lot, yeah. regardless. I knew you knew what I meant. I know. Most of them <laughs> struck by lightning or struck. start. Uh, Started by lightning. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Have you seen lightning? I've seen lightning before, yes. Well, no. Like in the last few days? Because I haven't. Does it happen uh, when I'm sleeping? I've seen lightning in the last few days on pictures. Yeah, but- Does that count? We had a fire right by our house. I know, crazy I thing. I never saw lightning. Closest it's come. Now, for those that are listening, we live right on the divide, and we had a fire like a quarter of a mile away from us. Right. It was, it was a little scary. It was scary, but then, again, neither one of us are attached to things, so we were kind of like, okay, let's get the photo albums ready to go and get on out. Yeah, I think that that's a good uh, mindset to have, but uh, still mm-hmm. would have been quite the adventure to go through had something happened to our house. Yeah. 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 You just kind of that centered, huh? Yeah. I just, it is what it is. As long as all the kids are okay and we're okay and we don't even have any animals, then eh, 
Well, you might need to give me a hug if that ever happened. So okay, you're that, gonna you're gonna cry. No, I wouldn't. I just said a hug. Uh, okay, I didn't say give me a tissue to wipe my tears. <laughs> I said give me a hug. Okay, I will definitely give you a hug. Well, speaking of hugs, mm-hmm. well, not literally, but figuratively, okay. I think we're gonna get hugged today. I think we're gonna have a just a fascinating interview with a guy today. A hope hug. A hope hug. Okay. I think he's going to deal us some hope and some wisdom and some encouragement. Ooh. I'm super excited. Does, we're gonna interview. Get this. We're what? gonna interview another Sean. <gasps> Two Sean's. Two Sean's. No. And he spells his name the same way as <gasps> I do. Twinning. Yes. You're like the same people. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe he's my brother from another mother. Nah, because who would name their two of their kids Sean? Yeah, good point. Yeah. That's probably right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I'm excited to talk with him. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a moment. Okay. But uh, I thought I thought it's time for joke time. Is okay. it joke time? I Are you ready? Joke time. I'm ready. Do you have your joke? I do have my joke. Then begin. Okay. Where's the begin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. You're not ready. You want me to go first? No, because I already said I'm going first. Well, you're not ready, so I'm ready if you want me to go first. What happened when the strawberry attempted to cross the road? It turned into a jam. There was a traffic jam. So I was so right. Yeah. Because you're telling food jokes. Well, and I get food jokes. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. You jumped to my punchline. I know. See, I don't fool me with my own food jokes. Why are you pointing your finger at me like that? Because I want you're, you to know I'm talking to you, buddy. Well, there's no one else in the room. I'm pretty sure you're talking to me. <laughs> you told me there was another Sean. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. I want to make sure it was that Sean. <laughs> you, Sean. As you point the finger at me. Yes. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, go. Okay, so what kind of candy do you eat on the playground? What kind of candy do you eat on the playground? I have no idea. Reese's Pieces. Ah! (laughs) Only like the best candy ever. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is the best candy ever. No, Reese's Pieces. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make protein balls with Reese's Pieces when I get home. No, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, by far the best candy ever invented. Well, I like them too. So, I mean, I don't don't judge candy. I love all candy except for black licorice. I don't want good and plenties, people. Is black licorice candy? Is licorice candy? No, it's disgusting. (laughs) It's not candy. (laughs) It's gross. Oh, Red vines all the way. Yeah. Red vines. There you go. I'll even take a Twizzler. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't judge. I told you I don't judge except for black licorice. Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, like mm-hmm. Twizzlers, licorice, it's like one or two for me. It just has no appeal to me. You just like the chocolate. I, well, I like chocolate and I like pop chips. And Oreos. And Oreos. <laughs> oh, you I'm can tell your secret. I know you can tell when somebody knows you really well. Yes. Oreos. Oreos, I think, are disgusting. No. Yes. No. They're so fake. What? They're fake. Why are that's blasphemy? Why are those <laughs> words coming out of your mouth? It's all like I, they're like Twinkies. They'll like last for no. centuries. No. Yeah, there's so no. much preservatives. And that's that's heaven in a bite. Right there. I sure hope it's not heaven in a bite. Really? I'm going to be disappointed when I get there. What's heaven in a bite for you? Um, Cotton candy and Skittles and unicorns and chocolate clouds. When have you eaten unicorns? 
I am a unicorn. When have you eaten a unicorn? I said, what's heaven in a bite? I and you said unicorns. Nobody like, should so you ever, eat a unicorn? Nobody should eat unicorns. That's very sad. <laughs> We're vegetarians. That's very, very sad. Don't do it. You make me laugh. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, let me tell you about our interview. Okay. We're going to talk to Sean Anderson. Okay. Have you ever heard of Extra Mile America or Extra Mile Day? No. Well, thank you for being honest. Yes. You are going to learn about it because he's the founder and creator of Extra Mile America, Extra Mile Day. This guy mm -hmm. biked with no real biking experience. He wasn't a bicyclist. He biked across America 4,000 miles. He's done it twice. <gasps> Yikes. And if that wasn't enough, he decided to walk, physically walk <gasps> across seven countries. Like that song, I will walk one mile, How's 1,000 miles. <laughs> 1,000 miles. Maybe it's like that 1 song. million miles. Uh, he might tell you it's a okay. little like the whole Forrest Gump thing. You know, he didn't run, but right. he biked and he walked. Whew. And so I can't wait to talk to him. He, he's, he's got this idea of making this a movement across the world. Mm -hmm. He says, if you want to truly create a life you love, never stop believing in your dreams and never stop going the extra mile. Ooh. I can't wait to talk to him. I like it. Should we call him? Let's call Let's him. Let's call him and get him on. Sean Anderson, I'm calling you now. All right. I'm happy to say I got Sean Anderson on the line. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you today? Hey, Sean, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you so much for asking. And you, how are you doing today? Hey, we, we are weathering the firestorm. You know, we're in uh, Northern California right now. And I, I got to tell you, it I feels like I can't look past about 30 feet before I, I lose sight of whatever it is I'm looking at. So we've got a lot of smoke. But you know what? We're persistent. We are, we are living our best pandemic life. That's, that's all <laughs> I can say. Yeah, I actually at this moment I'm in uh, Northern California as well, and and yesterday I guess it, or two days ago be, before the smoke filled the air, I was out watering um, some flowers in the front, and the ash was falling from the sky, and I go, wow, that is crazy. And then the next day, of course, was almost unbreathable outside, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah same same here. And in, in fact, we have a podcast studio, and and we leave the open the uh, windows open just to kind of cool it down, just because we don't have any AC, and it's been really really hot this last week. And I, I just said to Jen about five minutes ago, I said, look at all this. There's ash all over our, our desk and all of our stuff. It had gotten mm -hmm. in through the through the screen. So it's, it's a crazy time. So praying for all those people that are affected and houses that could be lost and people in the path of some of this devastation. Uh, just seems like yesterday, the campfire in, in uh, Northern California happened. That's where 82 people had passed away uh, because of a spark on PG&E equipment. So we just, you know, this time of year is, is uh, not great for us. We live in the mountains. We live on a piece of property that's surrounded by pine trees it used to be an old Christmas tree farm and about 2,200 foot elevation right at the, it's called a divide. And so we got two rivers on either side of us and either way, if a, if a fire comes up on either side, we're exposed. So this, this kind of season makes us always a little nervous, but uh, we're, we're doing great. We're, you know, 2020, it's a, it's a year, it's going to be a year of challenges and change. And so we're just uh, what's next, right? <laughs> right, Jen? Well, it, Bring it. It's it, it, it certainly is that little extra fear that anybody that lives up in the in the trees has to feel that they have to really love it so much to be up there. Uh, in January of this year, I was in Australia, and the, the fires down there were really, really, they just took over the country. And it, it just broke my heart when I kept hearing the reports every day of, 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 of just the animals that were lost. I mean... You know, sometimes the people they have, we have the power to rebuild a home. Certainly, we the, the, those that died, 
there's nothing more painful than that. But I just, uh, my heart always goes out to those, just the, the tens and tens of thousands of animals that get killed in these fires too. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the Australian bushfires that seem like five years ago. I mean, that was just in January, I think, this year. Yeah. But there's just so much has happened in 2020. It seems like forever ago that that was, uh, that was a thing. But I, I agree with you. Fires are extremely devastating to both uh, personal property and, and landscape and uh, obviously animals. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. We just got to keep praying for uh, cooler weather, maybe some rain at some point. But just the cessation of uh, some of these fires, I guess most of them were sparked by lightning, which is mm-hmm. like the... the crazy i yeah. mean we we actually ended up having a fire this year uh just earlier on monday about a quarter of a mile away from our house thankfully they were able to get it out pretty quick but that that's that that'll make you a little nervous yeah. to say the least <laughs> yeah I, I get that you know there's been some times when i've been hiking across the the world on some of my adventures and i've been up in the mountains uh, traversing over in the over hills and up mountains and and i've been caught in some real intense lightning storms and i have to tell you that when you're up there on the top of mountains climbing them and there's nothing around you except these lightning bolts man you can you feel the electricity in the air and if you want to get your feet going i'll tell you what you get a lightning bolt near you and you and you can move those boots faster than ever (laughs) i don't (laughs) doubt that one bit you know, and uh, well, let, let's segue into that because I think that that's part of the um, the major story that we wanted to discuss with you. You're the founder of Extra Mile America, and you're also the creator of the Extra Mile Day. And I guess one of the questions that I had reading about some of your adventures and accomplishments and some of the things you did, which we're going to dive into in a, in a moment, is like, where did all of this spark for you? Like, how did all of this begin? Because it's turned into a nationwide movement, and I think you're trying to turn it into a worldwide movement. But how did this begin about this whole extra mile America journey? Well, it really started back in, in 2009, and at that time, the country was really going through some really tough stuff. Uh, mortgage home foreclosures were at an all-time high. Banks were closing. Businesses were closing. People were losing faith and hope in themselves and their jobs and the government and everything. And they started, I felt, looking at each other and saying, hey, Sean and Jen, what are you going to do to make my life better? They looked at their boss. What are you going to do to make sure that I keep my job? They looked at the government and said, what kind of program are you going to create to make sure that everything's okay with us? They started losing the real faith in themselves to be able to direct their own destinies in life. And so I wanted to use my my small voice and do something that reminded people that to really create positive change in our life and our family's life and our business's life, our community and our world, you don't look at another person, man. You look at that man or that woman standing in front of you in the mirror and you say to that person, what are you going to do? And it's not about just doing the same thing over and over and over because we'll continue to get the same lacking results that we get. It's about doing more. It's about adding more value. It's about going the the extra mile. So again, using my small voice, I wanted to go out and remind people to go the extra mile. And in a Forrest Gump sort of way, I was a non-bicyclist, <laughs> a non-bicyclist, and I decided to ride across the country as a symbol of what it meant to go the extra mile. But along the way, my team and I created events 
in 21 cities where I had the privilege of coordinating motivational speaking moments where we had the chance to talk to and interview one-on-one 200 people who had been identified as having gone the extra mile in changing life in a powerful way. And that was the beginning of Extra Mile, and everything has stemmed from then. Oh, I love that. I love that story. I, lo- I love the uh, just this notion that instead of depending on somebody else to create the change that you're desirous of, that you look inward and say, what can I do to create change for the benefit of myself, others, my family members, my community, my nation? And uh, I absolutely love that. So you, you began this journey as a non-bicyclist, generally speaking, and then decided to <laughs> ride across America. Jen, can you imagine 4,000? miles across no, America? Three, I, three months, right? I mean, I would do it. I could do it, but I can't imagine it right now. <laughs> yeah. no. you, you know, what's kind of crazy about that too is, is, is I've, I've really only rode a bike a couple of times in my life and both times I pedaled from one ocean to the other ocean. So how's that? In fact, my bike the same one that I pedaled across the country and pe- and pushed it across the beach on the Atlantic Ocean still has the sand in the tires wow. from that beach because I haven't even been back on the bike since then. Wow. <laughs> well, I do have a Peloton. Sean and I both have Pelotons, and it just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I- That's the closest I've gotten to a bike ride in probably years. Yes, it doesn't move. <laughs> Hey, if we mention Peloton, I think one more time, we might be able to get you guys like a commercial because I hear they might be looking for some Peloton models, you know? There you go. Peloton. 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 You know what's what's so crazy is Jen, Jen, Jen was one of the first that I know of to have that bike. She's had it for almost probably three years yeah, and tried to get me to get on that bike for like three years. And it wasn't until about two and a half, three months ago that I got on the bike. I'm like, I'm not a bike rider. I, you know, quite honestly, I'm just going to be a dude right now and just say this. I didn't want to get on it. I just imagined how sore I was going to be, you know, because you ride a bike long enough and you get in sore in places you didn't know you had places. And so, you know, the whole idea of riding a bike just was not appealing to me. So she, I, I finally just got, I guess, in the right headspace, jumped on that bike. And ever since I haven't gotten off, she got so upset with me. She's like, you better order your own because I'm tired of you sweating all over mine. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah, I, the hey, closest I've gotten there's, to there's riding. A great video for you. There's a great video for you right there that will catch Peloton's attention or at least Ryan Reynolds' attention. It's yeah. the woman telling the man, the woman telling the man, hey, I got you a present. And, you know, he kind of <laughs> sheepishly looks at her and, you know, there we go. Let's just turn this around. <laughs> yeah. Jen tells him, telling Sean that about Peloton, right? Exactly. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. So I guess my question about this journey. So you end up interviewing 200 people through this journey and you wanted to to interview people that had been chosen as people that had gone the extra mile in their life and I guess what was the greatest surprise that you kind of uncovered through these interviews and what inspiration did you draw personally from these people I suppose the greatest, and, and first off, we found these people through through local media stories. We found them through the Points of Light Foundation. We found them through hands-on network. So ahead of time, we had we had made contact with these cities and, and these these nonprofits and the media sources to find out who these people were. So that's how they were initially identified. They had been people. People knew who these people were. So that's how I found them. And I, I suppose if you really want to, if you really want to feel gratitude at its deepest levels. You talk to some people who who had beginnings just 
far, far less than you and I could ever imagine. And what they did as far as having the, the, the faith and the fortitude and the action of being able to dig deep and to continue past every single challenge and create something, create something meaningful, passionate, and purposeful. And when you're sitting with those people for 200 of them, after you've also been cranking out your own miles to get to that next city, man, you start to feel something a little bit different. You start to feel an energy that you know, you, you've got something bigger on this earth to do because when you start flooding your your brain, your heart, your spirit with people who are doing great things, then you start to feel like your own personal mission needs to be pretty great too. So if I were to take that one lesson about what I got from sitting in front of these 200 powerful, passionate, purposeful people, it's it's to ask myself the question, what are you going to do? to be purposeful, powerful, and passionate. I love that. I love that. It, it, it reminds us uh, in, in a smaller sense of our journey with this podcast. And right. so a little bit of background for you. I was a former financial advisor for 22 years, sold my practice in 2018, started flipping houses with my family. Jen's our designer. And then I got my four boys in with us on flipping these houses in various capacities. Did five or six houses in 2019. And then heading into 2020, we had another five kind of in the pipeline. And then COVID hit. And in my financial services practice, I had a background in radio. And I'd done radio marketing and advertising for like 10 years. And I felt like God had given me a word back in 2011. So you talk about kind of all of this sparked in 2009. In 2009, Jen and I went through the, the fire. Man, my business dried up. I was a financial advisor. Nobody wanted to invest money when the market was off 50%. It was the Great Recession. Everything was down. We ended up filing bankruptcy on a, on a personal level. And just it was just a lot of carnage. And so coming out of that, I ended up getting this radio show. And in 2010, 2011, I felt like God gave me a word about this whole idea of hope. But I didn't know how to, how to make a show out of it. I, didn't, I wasn't in the right space. But God wouldn't let it let me let it go. And, and like over the years, like it just kept bugging at me and bugging at me. And so when COVID hit, you know, I'm out of the business now, hadn't touched the microphone or any of that studio equipment in several years, had it all, but hadn't touched it. COVID hits, we're sitting idle and we're just, I just felt flooded. I just felt flooded with this idea. What can we do to help others right now? And, and God just said the whole hope radio, do a show about hope, hope. And so uh, we, I grabbed Jen, and she's all, who are we going to talk to? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's all, how many of, you, of these are you going to do? And I, I said, I'm thinking one a day. And she's all, how are you going to find guests? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> i got to go do it. What we, what we did not expect out of this adventure was to be as hope-filled as we've yes. become interviewing others who had been, just like you're saying, uh -huh. through some of the most trying and difficult scenarios that we could imagine, stuff that we had never even come close to. I mean, it made, it made me feel like a baby whining about some of the stuff we had gone through listening to some of these stories. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Like you, you feel invigorated when you get around people that have risen to the challenge, overcome adversity and, and come out thriving on the other side. You know, that's exactly right. And, and really kudos to you and Jen for listening to your whispers and, and following through because, you know, that's people ask me oftentimes, how do you, how do I find my potential? And, and the answer comes to something that you said, and, and it's what I call the whispers. It's those, it's that, that inner voice that we hear inside is that says, podcast, do the podcast, 
go do this, go do this. And, and oftentimes it's that, it's that the whisper, which all of a sudden starts to spark lots of fear. Oh, I can't do that. I can't start the business. I can't, I can't go on the trip. I can't, I can't make that call. I can't do that. But it's that, that inner whisper that says this, that's go follow your whispers. And the more we follow our whispers, I think the more we start to find our greatest potential in life. And the moment that we stop listening to those whispers and taking action on them, if you had failed to start and to, to follow through with this podcast, I think the whispers stop coming. I believe that. And, and, and that's what I tell people in life to find your greatest potential, man, listen to what is going on in your head, in your heart, in those silent, quiet times, because that is the best of you go find the best of you. And that's what you guys are obviously doing now through your own challenges and now building this show. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I love that. I, I wrote that down. I think this should be a, a, a book number eight for you. <laughs> Follow your whispers. I think that is an incredible yes. title for a book. I love that. And you're right. You know, sometimes the sometimes it is a whisper. For for many years, it was just this whisper. And and quite honestly, I think it was just a reminder to to keep it in in my head. But I had no idea what to do with it. And then all of a sudden, a pandemic happens. And <laughs> yeah. then like everything came rushing in. And I and I and I, sometimes it, it got much louder than a whisper. And that's right. why happened during the pandemic right yeah. and so i think that if you this is what they're calling the great pause you know we're like right now it's a time of of i think everybody should be doing introspection reflecting on their life and if you've had those whispers before maybe now is mm -hmm. the time to explore that maybe this is happening not to you but for you mm -hmm. for your future self for your destiny for your potential Absolutely. Now to, to kind of play off what you said a little bit now is really it's the great reset. It's that chance for us, that chance for us to, 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 to find a little bit more personal awareness, the time to really get to know ourselves a little bit better. And, 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 and also the time to really realize that life is short, because I'll tell you, there's nothing more motivating to me in life than to realize how, how short life is and how few days, weeks, months, years I really get. And so none of us get the chance to live forever. None of us are so invincible that we can keep going and going and going. And there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time when we have had and heard our last whisper, the last whisper of breath that comes from our mouth, the last whisper of breath that touches our heart. And in knowing that, in knowing that I'm able to respond to my whispers better without feeling the fear, because then the adventure becomes bigger than the fear, the adventure of going for it, the adventure of making it count, the adventure of making a difference and leaving the footprints becomes bigger than the fear, because that is the universal feeling that all of us feel, the universal feeling that stops all of us from listening to our whispers of following our destiny of making a difference in this world is that word fear. And the first time that we can start to really, just to really accept the fact that we don't have to run and hide under the bed when fear touches our lives, that we can face it and we can move past it. That's when lives change. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. So you did the bike across America, okay? Now you've done it mm -hmm. twice, 
And I can imagine that was a whisper given to you. You acted upon it. You, you, you had the adventure. And as you embark on these adventures, it, it blossoms. It blooms. There's other fingers of it that come out. And so I, is that what really caused you to then want to walk across now seven countries and counting? Yeah, I learned something pretty powerful. Um, th- th- okay, well, I, I believe that life dulls us. The, the more that you keep on going through the monotony of your day and your routines, life will dull you. Imagine if you're a wood chopper and you take a bunch of wood and you keep splitting it with that axe over and over and over. Eventually, log number 100 becomes harder to chop because your axe becomes duller. People are the same way. We become less responsive, less powerful in being able to go for things in life because the routine and the, the challenges and, and everything that goes, that goes wrong for us in life starts to add up. And then we lose that passion. We lose the purpose. And so what I do now is I have um, yearly or really every eight months now what I call my axe sharpening adventures. It's a chance to really go super minimal and go sharpen myself, sharpen my body, sharpen my spirit, sharpen my mind, sharpening my, 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 my emotions. And, you know, I'll get on an airplane. I've got nothing but a 25 pound backpack on my backpack, my back and and these two sneakers. And as soon as I get off the plane, you know, I'm walking, I'm walking. And I'm finding, you know, that start place. And then I, I have it kind of mapped out. I had to cross a country, how to travel around the country. My longest walk was 750 miles through the 88 Buddhist temples in Shikoku, Japan. My first walk was 550 miles in 27 days across the country of Spain from, uh, from Saint-Jean, France, over the Pyrenees Mountains, all the way to Finisterre, where they used to stand uh, you know, a thousand years ago and think that that was the end of the world. And then after that, I kept on just, I kept on creating them. I walked coast to coast across the country of Portugal. I've walked around the country of Ireland. I've walked, my shortest walk was from one side of the country to the other in the United Kingdom, then the Hadrian's Wall. That was a short one. Uh, fiddlesticks. What else have I done? Uh, I was supposed to go across, I was supposed to go across Scotland July 1st, but well, things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and and so you know, I'm I'm out there, and I'm I'm absolutely vulnerable to feeling so much. And I'll tell you, the truth of it is, is the first three days, four days, even seven days, I'm thinking to myself, why in the blank, blank, <laughs> blank, blank, am I doing this? You know, I'm looking at my feet. I'm about ready to lose, uh, you know, two toenails. Oh. The blisters are intense. My knees hurt. You know, I can't find any food because I'm a vegetarian. And in some of these countries, they think a vegetarian dinner is serving chicken. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so you're just, thinking, you know, I can't, I, I walk into a town thinking that I can find a place to stay there. Well, they, they just booked their last place. It, I've got, I've got literally 40 minutes of daylight left and the next town is two and a half hours up. So you got to get your book on, you know, it's, it's like, it's putting yourself through those challenges where you have to trust yourself, believe in yourself and keep going. And it's when you do that, that your acts become sharpened. You become, you become stronger. You become more powerful. You start to realize that nothing stops you in unless you choose for it to stop you. 
and you know, and you don't start looking at the finish line when you're on day three. You, all you're looking at is that next town, man. You're just looking at that next town. I just, just get there. Come on, dude, get there. You got this. Come on. And then you get there and you get to sleep and you can have a beer. And you know what? You look forward to those small little blessings. Oh my God, that beer is going to taste so good today. I'll tell you, like, for example, when I walked across the country of Italy, that was a nasty one. It was nasty because it was such a heat wave going across that country that it was so hot. I mean, it was, it was like literally some days, every day was like 112 degrees Fahrenheit. And there was a family of flies. And I really think it was a whole community of flies that started following me the whole trip. And when you're, when you're walking in the heat and across, the flatlands of, of Italy, there's no shade. Uh, well, there's no shade. There's nothing but you and the sun smiling at you. And then families of flies that keep on thinking that you're like the, you're like their vacation spot. And they keep landing on your legs, on your arms, on your back, on your face. And you're just waving the whole time. So you start going through stuff like that. And man, you finish and you go, wow, what can't I do next? Right. I think I think adversity is the spark of uh, spiritual awakening in many sense suffering you know doing something hard and difficult and getting through it you I, I just love that you must have felt so accomplished when you when you did these like to to look back at what you endeavored what you made it through what you suffered through yet still persisted i i just can't help but think that makes you feel like superman at some point like yeah. like yeah i can really do anything i've set my mind to right you know well, it becomes a really, I think that the, the, the one person that you can never lie to in life, because if you start lying to this person, then you've got no hope of ever being able to live an accomplished life. The one person that you start lying to your, is to yourself. And if you start saying that I'm going to do this and do this and you don't follow through, man, you got no chance of ever accomplishing your goals. But when you do, when you do say, I'm going to do this, and you do, you're the only one that knows how, how each of those steps were and how hard it was to get there, and you do make it to the finish line, you start to have, you start to feel good about you. And the more that we feel good about ourselves, the more power we are given to help other people feel good about themselves. The more that we charge up our personal batteries, the more power we have in us to charge up those batteries around us. So when I say that I go out and I sharpen my ax, I sharpen my ax because it gives me the ability to have greater vision. It gives me the ability to do things that are bigger and better that can serve other people. And that's my intention. And, and that's why I do what I do. I love that. Um, I love that a lot. And, and I've got one of the most determined people I've ever met in my life as my life partner, my wife. <laughs> she is a goal setter. And if she says she's going to do something, she don't let anything, <laughs> no. not one thing come between her and that objective. I'll, I'll tell you that. So a funny little aside, we, you know, we, we share some um, passion for, for quote, walking and or running with you. So Jen and I are on a personal run, walk, or jog at least one mile a day streak of 1,500 and I believe 43 days today. Yes, I, I think so. So we've been doing this for over four and a half years. This started, uh, Jen has a, a pretty large Instagram following and so social media following. And so she 
got that following by doing Disney races, running races, half marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks. She used to make all of her own outfits, dress up. It was awesome. People loved it. She got featured by Disney a couple times. And so that really kind of was the genesis for a lot of her following. So most of her following is, is runners slash fitness folk, walkers, etc. So she started doing a streak seven years ago called Streaking with the Cool Kids. And it was a challenge, okay. <laughs> um, run, walk, or jog one mile a day, every day in the month of June. And so she had a few hundred people do the challenge the first year. Well, seventh year was this last June, and she had 6,500 people do the challenge from 13 different mm-hmm. countries. Um, and so it was just it was just absolutely awesome. But this whole idea of, of getting outside and, and experiencing nature or being physical, doing something for yourself, keeping that commitment daily, right? Like it's, it's just, it's, it's just one of those things. And you know, I can't thank her enough because for her, she actually started a weight loss journey for me. I'm, I'm down, uh, almost 40 pounds from Mm -hmm. where I was four years ago because I decided to do the challenge for the first time four years ago with her. And then that's, we haven't stopped. I haven't had a good reason to, to stop. But, you know, I think that our mission with this is that, that we've had people reach out to Jen, like uh, stories, people saying what, like I've lost. Yeah. Yeah. Just like them losing weight, them being reconnected with their family. You know, it's just, it's been very inspiring for me to hear everyone else's story. Yeah. But my whole goal yeah. in starting this was, to, I mean, I have friends that are Boston marathoners. I mean, I have a lot of friends that run, but my whole goal was to get that one person that has never run a mile before, never walked a mile before off the couch just to get outside and move. So that, that's my goal behind everything is just to get people to move. Like movement is like happiness. So well, I felt like it went yeah, really well with yeah. your extra mile. We're we're yeah. just saying, hey, do one mile, and you you're like extra yeah. mile. It's like it's like unison. It was I got to like, up my game. <laughs> no, you know, Jen, I applaud you so much for that because I'll tell you what, the the number one goal that every person should have is good health, and we mm. should know that we should see that more clearly now because if our health suffers, everything else in our life will suffer. Our relationships suffer. Mm-hmm. What we what we choose for our goals suffers, how we feel about ourselves suffers. And so the number one goal all of us should have is like, what, what did you do today to, mm-hmm. to, to maintain positive, energized health? So, you know, way to go, way to go, because what you're really doing is you're feeding people the chance to have their best life. Right. That's what you're doing. Well, thank you. I mean, I love doing it. And for me, it's like, I, I do it with fun. Like it doesn't have to be like one of these things that's, you know, you, you don't look forward to. Like I, I make sure that everyone looks forward to it and we all have fun doing it and you know, it doesn't have to be so boring. So she does a great job. She does a great job motivating and inspiring Mm -hmm. folks. She, she just really is all about positivity. And I, and I think that that's a, I mean, when I sit back and, and think about it, I, I don't think that you can do anything greater than in life than to uplift and help to inspire and, right. and, and bring somebody up, help to raise them up a level in their life and their journey, et cetera. And I, and I agree with you. Physicality is so, so important. I think it's so important to mis- uh, physical health, mm-hmm. mental health. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to hope, you know, like there's this idea that you can, you can be physical, you can go out there and challenge yourself. And I love what you've done. I I mean, biking across America, walking across seven countries. And now I read you even did a hundred mile race, right? A hundred mile running race. Ooh, did you do the Western States? 
Actually, it was uh, this one was uh, carry your backpack, and we had two days to do that, a hundred miles. And so two days, it, no, but I, but I, yeah, but I've been out there with the, I've been out there with those hundred with the Western states before, yeah. as far as volunteering. And I look at those people, and those guys are, those guys are true superheroes. You know, yeah. I mean, to to be able to knock off to knock off something in less than twenty four hours and to Jeez. keep going. I mean, I remember I volunteered for a number of years at a, one of the stops called Devil's Thumb. I think it was at the forty seven and a half mile mark of that hundred mile race. And seeing those people come up that that hill, and I'm thinking, man, dude, you need, you, dude, I, you, I think you need to call it a day, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm doing my best. You're trying to massage their shoulders. You're trying to give them their, you know, their. What do you need, juice? What do you need? You, you want? Okay, what will you need? And he goes, I gotta just go. No, no, I. Are you sure, dude? You, you sneak over. You go tell the doctor. Uh, can you check this guy out? You know, but they keep on finding. They keep on finding that power in them to go. You meet him at the at Placer High School finish line, and you go, "Oh, how did he do it?" Yeah. You know, so so no matter how strong, how awesome, how amazing we are, uh, there's 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 always people around us to inspire us if we just keep opening up our eyes. And I I think one one thing is learn to be a celebrator of other people's victories. I feel that a lot of people, when they look at people succeeding, winning, doing well, the first thing is, why isn't that me? Why can't that be me? Look at all the effort that I put into doing things. But at the other hand, man, I look at those people and I say, wow, look, look at what you can overcome and what you can do. When people succeed, it should give us all power. It doesn't have to depower you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I just feel like everybody is on a different part of their journey too. So it's really hard to compare and compete with somebody that you don't know anything about their training or, you know, what they're doing. And so like everyone's just on their own little journey. So if you can uplift and inspire somebody who's winning, like you should do that. Like you should do that. So. Yeah. And, and the reason that I choose to be a person who continually claps, cheers, applauds for other people is because because the more that we pass positive on into the world, I believe mm-hmm. that the more that we become filled with the positive. And I got to tell you, for anybody who's ever sat on a couch feeling super negative, that's a really crummy place to be. Yeah. And and we have to protect ourselves from not being on that couch thinking the negative. And the more that we become cheerleaders to others, the more that we actually become that as human beings. And then the, the, the shorter time... Do, do we do we allow ourselves to ever feel negative in, in our most down times? Yeah. So I've got two questions for you. I love that, and uh, I think that segues right into what I'm going to ask you. Number one, uh, what was the most, I guess, uplifting and or spiritual thing you witnessed in your four thousand plus mile bike ride across the U.S.? Like, what was the most profound thing? that you would say happened during that journey? Um, if I could just tweak that a little bit, because the, a, a thought that came into my mind that I would love to share really quickly is, is, is what is the most spiritual moment I've had on one of any of my adventures? Yes. Because okay. I have, I have, okay. So, so it was, it was one of my very first adventures. Uh, I think it was my second country I'd ever done Portugal. It was raining. It was raining all the time. And there was one stretch, you know, you, you, you're, you're really nervous about at that night, you know, going, Oh my gosh, you know, what's the rain schedule? Because when you're out there in the rain and you have no protection, 
it, it, it can really suck. And, and, you know, if you know you have to do a 20 miler that day and you've got to go over a lot of stuff, you're watching that weather. So here I am, I left this one town super early because it wasn't raining. I thought the, the real hard rain was going to come down at noon. And so it's like four 30 in the morning and I'm out there and I, I'm starting, you know, you can't even see, you're just, you're just following this path. And, and then all of a sudden it just starts to rain. You go, okay, this isn't bad. This is just a little drizzle. I'm on this super huge, flat, muddy area from coming at Valley where I came down from one mountain and I'm heading to another one. And it looks like it's about a four mile stretch. I get caught out there at the beginning of this thing where it just starts pounding rain. I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm taking a shower with 100 shower knobs coming down on me at one time. It's coming so hard. Now you, you can toughen up and you can go, okay, let's just keep walking, walk, walk through the rain. But the problem was, was this one path this one path had the funkiest dirt mud I've ever seen in my life. And when water hit this thing and it was coming down so fast that it was, my feet started to sink in it. So I'm walking across this huge valley. My feet are sinking into the path all the way up halfway between my ankle and my knee. Every time I take a step, I sink. I'm sinking. I'm pulling this up and I'm thinking it's raining so hard. And, and every swear word I know was coming, was just coming up out of me. And I, I'm thinking, I'm not going to make this, man. Because it, when I pulled up my leg out of the thing, there was so much mud and my feet kept getting heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. The sneakers felt like I was moving concrete blocks. And then finally, I just had this thought, this realization. I've never done this before. I've, I've never done this before. And you know what? You're going to be okay. So just relax, feel it, be in this moment, go for it. You got this. And as soon as I found that real deep sense of spiritual peace inside me about what I was doing, the struggle ended and I just started laughing like a crazy man as I'm walking through the mud and the rain, barely able to lift my feet for over an hour. So that was like the real spiritual moment that sometimes what we, what we let our brains get away with trying to convince us is true is not true. It's not real. Our brains will play these tricks on us and try to sabotage us and tell us the world is ending and that we're going to sink all the way down to our waist and never move out of the road and we're not going to, no one's going to ever find us in life. It just, it doesn't happen like that. So the more that we find that inner peace and that, that, that sense that this is okay, you've never done this before, you, you will get through this. Just go through it and learn. That's when we become our super strongest. I love that, Sean. That was that was profound. I mean, I, I, you, you painted a picture that we could all see, we can all relate, and I, and I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Like to to be in that moment where you just feel overwhelmed. You got all these voices in your head, all this discouragement, all this. Oh, am I gonna make it? Oh, and then all of a sudden, just this peace, yeah. just this 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 idea that you know what. You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's that, that whisper way down in your spirit that says, take all of that, shove it to the side. I got you. You're going to be fine. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was awesome. 
That was a, that was a yeah. great description. Of, uh, I, I feel that every time I run a full marathon. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, why did I do this? But yeah. Jen, yeah Jen's right, run several right. marathons with uh, Disney races out in Florida. And the problem with the Florida races out there, they do the marathon, is it's always on a slant. Like she, she kept telling me, man, I had to do 10 or 12 miles, like running kind like of tilted. sideways, tilted. And I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want to do it. I've, <laughs> I've not done a marathon. I've done many halves, but I've not done a marathon. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave those up to uh, up to her. So uh, I got another question for you. You, I I love what you said about leave life footprints. So just can you expand a little bit on on that for our listeners of what that means and and what you meant behind that? Well, you know, a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't really care, you you know, about leaving life footprints. And I get that. They just, they want to live their, they want to live their life. And it's not about making a difference. But for me, it doesn't work like that. I, I, I don't want to lose my opportunity. You know, I, I, I don't know what happens to any of us when this is all over, but I'll tell you, all I really know is I have now. And, and, and in my now, I want to live in a way that is, that is as selfless as possible. And, and try to make my life last longer when I'm not here. And every book that you write can potentially be picked up by somebody five years after you're gone. Every story that you leave might be read by someone else and inspire them after you're gone. And things like that mean something to me. It's making my life last longer than it really did. And I'll never know what happens later. I'll never know who I might have inspired. But I do know this, that that we all share these same traits of feeling really down every once in a while or feeling that no one believes in us or feeling as if life gets a little hopeless. And every time that you and I pass the feeling of hope onto someone else, it, it gives them reason to get up the next day. And, 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 and that's why I do what I do because I want to keep planting hope in as many people as possible as I can for long after I'm not here anymore. And that's what's leaving footprints that you were here, that you were here and, and that maybe those footprints might lead people to find their best hope. And in turn, they'll be able to continue to help other people when they're gone, find their best hope. And it's this huge continuation of people, people standing on each other's shoulders to always to find our best inspiration. That was awesome. I got to tell you that I've, I've, that's probably one of the more profound things I've heard someone say. I've never thought about it that way. Make my life longer when I'm not here. Just this idea of the legacy that you would leave, the the ability to have your life have, have meant something even when you're not any longer here. I think that that's an extremely profound concept. I, I, I love that, and I... And I love that you are focusing on that. And I and I know this. I know enough about you after what you've accomplished already to know that you're going to do that. So kudos to you. I, I think that's awesome. I think seven books. You're an author of seven books. You've done these journeys. I'm sure you've got a whole bunch more journeys ahead of you that you're going to do. I just uh, I, kudos to you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're making that happen. Yeah. What's next for I, you? 
Well, certainly we're in the process now of building extra mile day for November 1st. It's right around the corner. Um, last year, we had 533 cities participate. And really, extra mile day is it's a day when mayors across the country, they make that declaration about uh, about the power of going the extra mile. But they, they it's more than that. It's looking at their local volunteers and those that are going the extra mile in service. And they're, they're lifting those people up in their local communities. And so extra mile day is a chance not only to to remind people of the message of going the extra mile. More importantly, it's a chance for us to be able to to, to create venues, opportunities for over a thousand people across the country that are doing awesome things for their mayors to lift them up and say, way, way to go. So I'll never meet, you know, most of those people. They'll never know who I am, but it, it was just, it's just a chance. It's just a chance for people to get recognized and celebrated. Because the more that we recognize and celebrate people, it also feeds their own power to continue to walk the walk that they walk. And then when others also can see the walk that others are walking and they can be inspired by it, they might choose to change their walk. And so it's this huge, it's just, it's just this huge wheel that we can start turning. It has nothing to do with me. Extra mile day has nothing to do with me. It has, it has everything to do with that little, that little part in us that wants to be of value and, and, and I, I, so right now we're absolutely immersed in that. We've been slowed because certainly the COVID and a lot of cities have a lot of things on their mind. And so we have to work harder. We, we have a database of probably 1,400, 1,500 mayor's offices in this, uh, around the country that we work. Many of them come back to us every year on their own, but you know, we have to keep on working it because mayors change, offices change or whatever. So we'll see how, we'll see how this year goes. But, I, but in, in, and really planting this one idea in any of these listeners' minds is is the smallest of ideas can turn into the biggest the biggest of of opportunities. In two thousand nine, when I was pedaling across the country, I was I was riding a bike across the state of Nevada, and I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I how do I get more attention for Extra Mile Day? How do we get people? I mean, for Extra Mile America, how do we how do we get people to to know about what's going on? And I had that idea extra mile day. Let's have the mayors in these cities r- recognize their local heroes going the extra mile. So there's this one stretch of the Nevada desert where you can pedal across. It's a, you're on the road with big trucks cause there's no other way to cross. And on this one particular day I'm pedaling and there's a six, the 60 mile stretch where there's nowhere to stop. There's no trees or nothing. And so there's no doubt I have sunstroke. There's no doubt I'm having sunstroke when I'm having this idea. So maybe it was because I was partly crazy that I had this idea. And when I got off my bike and to, to town and I called my staff and said, start calling some of our mayors, tell them about extra mile day. We're doing it this year, November 1st, we're doing it. And why did I choose November 1st? Cause I just liked all the ones together. One, one, one. I just said, that's why I did it. And so that first year, 23 mayors, man, I couldn't believe it. There's 23 dudes and dudettes across the country that said, yeah, man, extra mile day. We're, I'm crazy just like you. Let's go for it. 23 in 2009, last year, same day, November 1st, 533. When we start something, when we take action, when we get our feet moving, when we start pushing the wheelbarrow, things are can grow so much bigger than we ever imagined. I couldn't agree more. And you were being, I'm going to edify you just for a second, because you were being humble, you were being modest. And I I will say that extra mile America, extra mile day, none of that would have happened without you. 
It took you following those whispers. It took you taking that leap of faith. It took you having the courage to actually jump on that bike and bike across America. It took you listening to that idea that entered your head when you thought it was heat stroke and acting upon that idea. So kudos to you. I want to applaud you for your efforts because it, it would not have happened without you. I firmly believe that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, as we close out the show, Sean, I have a question for you. You know, I'm imagining that somebody that, that's listening is just going through hell right now. You know, their life has been upended. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's a familial sickness, somebody in their family. They, you know, we got COVID. We've got fires. We've got devastation. We've got all kinds of stuff happening in, in 2020. You've been across seven continents walking across them or countries, excuse me. You've, you've, you've run hundred mile races. You've biked across America twice. You know, what, what would you say to somebody right now that's feeling anxious, feeling worried, feeling concerned about where things are headed right now? What would you say to that person to uh, hopefully spark some hope? Well, there, you know, the, Life is tough. Life is tough, but I believe that each of us have the ability to be tougher than that. And I think that if, for me, when I'm feeling my most down, when I'm feeling my most defeated, when I'm feeling my most rejected in life, I, the way that I, the way that I get out of those feelings is like the way that I get out of my own head is I put my focus on other people. And the, 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 the more that we get out of thinking about ourselves and our situation and the more that we start focusing on others, the more gratitude we start to feel. I'm at a point in my life now where I feel gratitude for every good thing that's happened to me. I feel gratitude for every bad thing that's happened to me because the combination of the good and the bad has made me who I am and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with who I am. And, 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 and that's the place that I encourage people to get to right now is, is find the gratitude in what's going on right now. Because when we find the gratitude, gratitude's like the, it's like the fabric softener of the heart. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it just, it, it makes everything copable. It makes every, it, 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 it allows our feet to move. And the more that we show gratitude, the more power we have in being able to serve. And the more that we can serve, the more that we start to live selfless, the more that we live selfless, the more we live happy. And so right now, people might be going through some super tough stuff. I get it. But no matter what you're going through, I promise you, I guarantee you, there are people that are going through things that are much bigger than you. And if you can just find a way to volunteer, to go out and serve them or to connect with them on a phone call or an email or some sort of support. Because every time that we support someone else in life, we support ourselves. And so don't just sit there and feel bad. Don't sit there and feel like my life is over. This is crummy. All these dreams I had are totally washed away. Hmm. No, what you're sitting on right now is opportunity. You're sitting on opportunity to, to inspire other people. You're to lift other people and to inspire and lift yourself. So just change the way you think change the way you feel and certainly change your actions. And tomorrow, I promise you, you'll start to feel hope again in your spirit. Well said. Thank you for that. That was awesome. That was great. I thought that was fantastic. I have a quick question for you. What kind of shoes did you wear when you walked across the world? You know, I've I've just been stuck on Asics. (laughs) I don't know why. 
and and just to to let anybody the first ASICs I found I I think I went to a DSW a DSW shoe store I'm mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if they're in Northern California is DSW up in Northern California yeah anyway it's a big okay so I went back there and just to think well wow the, you know the guy must be in these hundred thirty dollars shoes no no I found them in the clearance section the clearance section of the clearance and I go wow that that looks cool I like it it's okay it's got decent tread ooh it feels comfy nice and wide let's get our walk on and wow. and 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 ever since then I've just kind of stuck with my asics always walking to the clearance section first right well I was just gonna say I mean based on where they've taken you I think asics it should sponsor you I don't think yeah, you should right? be buying another pair of shoes for the rest of your life yeah exactly i think I know, they should yeah, be I, do you always go alone when you're out there are you alone well hold on. yeah no not i don't know too many other people that are crazy enough to want to do some of these and i wouldn't even want to take i wouldn't even want to take somebody because they're they're really hard and yeah. and and also there's certain times where damn you're having a hard enough time pushing and pulling yourself up a mountain that you if you had another person on a rope behind you pulling to you that would be you might neither of you might not make it oh my gosh yes i totally agree with that i have to interrupt (laughs) you because we had that thing happen to us this weekend on a half marathon and we drug all of our kids on this half marathon and it was in tahoe so it was the mountains and yes, like I couldn't take it anymore. My youngest one, I'm like, do you know how hard it is for me to like encourage myself and get up this mountain without you whining the whole time? Like it's really, really hard for me to try to motivate you while I'm trying to motivate myself. So it's, I totally get that. Now, Sorry. now Jennifer, you have sympathy for me because that you sometimes are that way to me on yeah. hills. Well, I don't understand why people just can't go. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like, just put your yeah. head down and go. We, so I could, I could go with you, Sean. But um, I talk a lot, so that's that's a total turnoff. People are like, "Okay, can you be quiet now? I'm trying to motivate myself." So, yeah, we we decided to do a half marathon with our four boys at Echo Lake, eight thousand foot elevation, climbing another seventeen, eighteen hundred foot to this lake that we were going to jump into and then hiking back over some of the most rockiest you know terrain (laughs) great we like combined leg day and half marathon i think yeah i felt like my ankles went through like jackhammer you know type things just just always a variable terrain but our youngest was struggling so jen made me have to deal with him for the like the last half yeah i took the first half and i'm like i cannot do this like i am done i want to be at that finish line like let's go you he's your he's on your team now i'm i'm out (laughs) so i left Sean, thank you. you. Know, that's a super valuable. That's one quick, quick question. I'll yeah. put one quick thing on what you guys said. That's a super valuable lesson, though, on on any of us moving forward in life. Because if we constantly um, have uh, you know tied ourselves to uh, people who potentially hold us back or potentially to uh, negative energy or negative spirits, we become we become what they are. Right. Uh, it's w- w- it's going to be harder to make them become who we are, but it's going to be easier for us to fall back to where they are. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm not telling people to get rid of their people in life that are holding them back. But what I am saying is make sure that you have people in life that are pulling you forward right. because it's the people, it's that energy that, that gets us thinking bigger. Yeah. I love sure. that. That's, that's so good. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And what's funny about the 13 year old that we had is like, my thing is change your face. Like whenever <laughs> they have like my kids, we have four boys and, and 
you know, whenever I, I was always the disciplinarian. So when, when they weren't acting the way that I expected them to act, I'd look at them, I'd say, you better change your face, you know, like right now, like I, what your face is saying to me right now, I don't like, you better make it, make something else different. And so Jen, Jen had had her fill of our, of our youngest. So I got him for the last half of probably for six miles heading back. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him and I said, this is one of those, I said, Madden. So he's 14. I said, you need to change your face. Like there's, I'm not going to carry you out of this place. I'm not, sometimes you just got to get through hard things. You just got to move forward. Stop the whining. Don't yeah. focus on the yeah. problem. Yeah. Focus on just moving forward. He's all, okay. <laughs> I'm more into like trying to encourage him and talk about things he's interested in. So he forgets She tries what to he's distract doing. him. Yeah. So I'm like, give me your backpack. Let's, you know, like, <laughs> what do you want to eat when we're done? Like, I want to not talk about running at all and just, you know, try to get his mind somewhere else. So he just goes and stops complaining. So. Me, I'm like, <laughs> life is hard. The sooner you know it, the better. Change your face and move forward. That's the reason for moms and dads, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Sean, I got to say, this has been um, an incredible time. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for your for your story, for your perspective, for your wisdom, yeah. for your encouragement. You are a dealer mm -hmm. of hope just like we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Yeah. Thanks for all that you do as well. Like it's incredible. And ditto, you know, you guys have really fantastic energy and and you both were certainly meant for, for doing this. And I had, uh, I, I always make it a, a special point to try to feel the person's energy and listen to one of their previous podcasts before I ever talk to the people. And the, uh, initially when I heard you guys, I go, wow, these guys sound like they, they have a huge radio program there. They're, <laughs> they're both their voices sound great. Their energy sounds great. So we're going to throw that out into the universe right there. We're going to say that this is going to be a phenomenal growing podcast. That's going to have a million listeners because you guys have the ability to attract it. Hey, wow. I believe that. Thank you for that. that. I yes. received that too. Right, right, right here. That's awesome. You know, crazy story is I, I agree with you, Jen, Jen, like the whole idea of radio, like she gets a lot of anxiety from it, but she is really coming into her own and uh, we're just happy to be doing it. I mean, we've been married for 26 years and, and uh, have four boys dated for five years before that. And this is just another dimension of, of our life. And so we're just excited to see where, where it all leads. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be big. In fact, I don't think it's going to be big. I know it's going to be big. I love that. Ooh, I love that. You're I the that. best. You're my favorite, Sean. <laughs> what? What? No, she said that to you. You're my favorite, yeah. Sean. She did say Sean number two. Yes. You guys just don't know. Been Sean number two. It's Sean. Yes, the emphasis, and we even spell our names the same way. Yeah. So you know, makes it even more confusing. I think it's funny because we actually have interviewed a few Shans. Yeah, I'm like, that's so crazy to me. There's so many Shans in this world. So. There's, yes, right? there yeah. are, but there's only one me. There is only one you. That is very very true. <laughs> he, he, he says that pleadingly to you, but there's only one me. Yes, Dan. like a reinforcement. There's only one me. And yeah. the, the look on his face was saying that too. Yeah, give, give me some encouragement. Tell tell me I'm your number one. <laughs> You're my number one. You'll always be my number one. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thanks. You, you've been awesome. Thanks again. Gratitude, gratitude for you both. Thank you so much. All right, Jen, what did you think about our interview with Sean Anderson? Well, first of all, I love you, but I like him. What? I love you, Sean, but I like that Sean. 
<laughs> but I like you too. I don't blame you. He was you. awesome. I don't blame you a bit. I like him too. Yeah. I think I think he He's very likable. I think if if we got together, the two Sean's got together, I think we'd have a fabulous time. I think we'd enjoy hanging out. Of course. Of we, course. We, we would. we'd have like I just I want to hear all the stories. I yeah. felt like we couldn't get into all the stories. There's got to be some really profound stories. Right. Seven countries walking across, 4,000 mile bike ride like we have to do a part two. Yes. Okay. I will absolutely. I can't wait to do a part two. I love, you know what I loved? What? The whole whisper thing. Follow your whispers. Yes. I wrote I wrote that down in big letters. Follow your whispers. I thought that was profound. Yeah, because everyone, you're all getting whispered at. Yeah, you get little whispers. But you have to zip it.com and listen. Yes. And then you got an act. You have you to have act on You have to be present it. and then you have to have the courage and the faith to act. Yes. You know what else I like? What? His point about making his life longer when he's not here. Mm. I've never heard that that way before. Like, it clicked for me, and I thought it was very profound. Kind of like Maya Angelou. How? Because she's making her impact still, and she's not here. Yeah, that's true. I like her. I mean, you think about anybody in history that you mm -hmm. read about, and anybody that's ever authored a book. Right. And I think about, you, you know, like, to me, my library of books is, like, self-help, positive change, that kind of stuff. Right. So some of the books I've read, I've read are, are from the 30s and 20s right. and 40s, you know. So you think, oh, yeah, that person's still making a difference. And I think that's his point. You know, I think that, that leaving life footprints, I thought it was awesome. Well, I think um, I read Twilight. That's helping me. Helping you what? Helping me, like, you read self-help, I read Twilight. Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning about vampires. I think the only thing that those two concepts have in common is they're both books. True. Right? Yes. They're both stories. But I, I love that you read uh, Twilight. Yeah. Vampires. It's fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like. Is it a love story? It's unicorns. Yeah. It's a love story. It's like unicorns. They don't exist. They Vamp don't? Vampires You've don't. been telling me all along they exist. No, those are Vikings. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Female Vikings. Female Vikings. Female Viking queens. Warriors. And conquerors. Princesses. Oh my gosh, we're getting off track. Yeah. All I got to say is, Sean Anderson, you're the bomb. I yes. love what you're doing. I love what you've created. Mm -hmm. And you've inspired me personally. Mm -hmm. And probably inspired Oh my Jen. gosh, I'm so inspired. I want to go walk across the country now. Okay. Which one would you pick? Um, Australia. That's a big country, Jennifer, and a lot of desert. <laughs> go big or go home. Jennifer. Think of all the koala bears we can play with. Yeah, think about all the snakes and the heat stroke you'd have, too. No. Let's pick a smaller one to start with. Kangaroos. What? Kangaroos. Do you know that they can be very violent and aggressive? Not if you jump in their pouch and they'll take you all the way across the country. That's a big kangaroo. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm going to go run some more. <laughs> All right, Jennifer. How do people hear more of our hilarity? You can tune in to us wherever you listen to your podcast. So we're everywhere. All you got to do is do Hope Radio Podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then if people want to connect with us individually, DM us, send us a podcast interview, like and follow, give us a review. How do they do that? You can do that on our Facebook and Instagram pages at Hope Radio Podcast as well. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm invigorated. I think we should do this again. Should we do another podcast? I, I'm available. Are, are you available? I am Can available. Can I book you for tomorrow? Yes. Here's a preview of Hope Radio Podcast, episode number 65. We went up to my grandma's house that night and we had to sleep in our clothes. And we had to, we had, because it was an empty house. It was just an old house. 
and um, we just had to like put mattresses on the floor in case anybody shot through the windows, you know, or whatever, like you didn't want to be sitting up or anything. So it was just mattresses laid on the floors. And we went up there, like me, my mom and my brother and like a couple of cousins or I just kind of, you know, vaguely remember it. And we just, we were, we had to sleep in our clothes in case we need to run. 